Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. This is your Wednesday. Welcome to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight, on Independence Day, I'm very proud to have the world record. Andy Creighton gets around, and by that we mean that he plays in a number of buzzy L.A. bands. Among them, Apex Manor, Big Search, the Parsons Redheads. Somehow, he still has time to front his own project called The World Record. Stylistically, the world record resides somewhere in the neighborhood of the kings of the garage rockers, the Kinks, but they aren't derivative of any band in particular. Instead, they incorporate elements of pop, rock, and indie styles into their confident and infectiously catchy songs. Welcome to Independence Day, gentlemen. Thank you. I'm very, very happy to have all of you. We've got four of you here today. We'll do some quick introductions so we got people who are keeping score at home can keep tabs of what's going on exactly here. We have the uh, erstwhile leader here, Mr. Andy Creighton. Say hello, Andy. Hello. Welcome. That's Andy Creighton. We have on uh, lead guitar, we have Brian James. Say hello, Brian. Hey, everybody. Welcome, Brian. Aaron Ballard, no relation to Glenn, on yes, bass. That's right. Are you really from yes, Texas? Um, I lived there for many years, and my heritage is from there, but yeah. I was born in California. Which part of Texas? Uh, Houston, Dallas, and Midland, Texas. Uh, I know somebody from Midland, Texas. Oh, we'll yeah. talk after the show. Mm, watch out. He's illustrious. Don't get me started. Indeed he do. Also on the drums, we have Mr. Jacob Summers. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Very understated. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to have all of you guys here. So tell me, you know, with all these different things that you, I mean, I'm sure all you guys, if it's like any, like any band in L.A., you're all playing in numerous bands. Um, but so how many bands do you think we have between all of you right now? Just kind of total them all up here. I know you've got a couple going on probably, but who's, who's, uh, what's our total? You've got two. I've got maybe three. You've got two. Yeah. I don't know how many bands I play tambourine in, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, if that counts, then he's got maybe like a neighborhood of 16. Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, um Aaron, yeah, that's Aaron. So in the neighborhood of, in the neighborhood of eight to ten bands, to 10 kind of rep yeah. represented. So you know, it, for this, for this, you know, for your thing, because this is kind of your project, your songs, you know, featured here. I'm talking to Andy. Um, how how does this fit into your universe with all these other projects that you're doing? Is this kind of your main thing? Is this just one of a one of your arrows in your quiver? Is this um, you know, if it's one of your other things that you just kind of do for fun, is it, how do you make time for it? Like, where does this fit in your puzzle? What is this piece? It's funny there, uh, let's see, I was very busy with other bands. The Parson Redheads moved back to Portland, so okay. they're gone. Aaron also played in that band. Um, so that's, they were very busy, so they're gone. Apex Manor was busy at the beginning of the year, but like about at a, maybe March or April, I, I kind of, I was busy with other bands and I got kind of fed up about putting the world record at, you know, aside for the other bands who were doing better really or having tours or whatever. And so uh, I kind of made a pact that if there was ever a, uh, a conflict, I would choose the world record okay. and I would just go ahead with the world record, make it the main thing. And there was a conflict. It happened uh, with Apex Manor. And that's kind of, I think that was Brian and Jacob's first show with uh with the band was earlier this year when there was this conflict i had been playing with ross and and, and this is ross florner we're talking about we've had him on the show our legion of fans may remember ross from apex manor formerly also was in the broke down which was once upon the time the broken west this sounds like a monty python skit already <laughs> yeah. anyway go on and with brian whelan of course also, of also. And, and numerous others who've been on this show i think Happiness they have 
Yeah, so those two guys playing Apex Manor, they couldn't be make the show, and I couldn't make their show, so it was time to, yeah, you know, break away. So, do you still are you still playing with Apex Manor these days? Yeah, they they're on, sort of on hiatus for the past couple months, but they'll be back, and then I'll have to figure out what to yeah what to do. But it it tends to work out all right. Yeah. Know? So this is this is taking precedence with yeah, this, this I mean, project. This is for sure the number one thing for me. And uh, I'm trying to make it, you know, get it up there to where other people feel that yeah, way yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. And you guys, so are you guys always a four piece or is there? Generally a currently? four piece, sometimes three if someone can't make it. Yeah. Well, of course, you never know. Birds, bar mitzvahs. Yeah. Or like someone gets lost in the desert. That almost happened. <laughs> Could Brian be. Brian got lost in the desert. Oh. Yeah. That puts it in a the incorrect light, really. He He was misguided by a... Oh. an old sign that was it, it yeah but it was incorrect. one of those things where they're doing like smoke signals and stuff <clears throat> well that's so I'm, I'm brian so I'll, I'll add to the mix here but the uh the, the issue that i have with the forest service was cleared up they responded to my requests that they take the old sign down oh they did so they do it they did so for you know hopefully in the future other bandmates won't lose their way and, and we'll be able to get back to LA and play shows. Was it like one of those cartoons where like as soon as you drove past the top little nail rusted out and the arrow turned and faced <laughs> yes, the other way? Yeah, yeah, pretty swung much. down. Pretty swung much. down and faced the other way. That's right. Well I'm glad you made it back out of the desert. Yeah it was good. Um, so uh, again we've got numerous bands going on here but tonight we're all about the world record. Um, I've you know I've been listening to this stuff all week and it's you know I, I kind of knew you in a cursory fashion because we've run in similar circles. Yeah. You know Ross and Brian and those guys. Um, you know, and the music is fantastic. Yeah, the new stuff is good. Do you tell me, we'll, we'll get more into this in depth later, but uh, is there a quick timeline? You've got, it looks like you've got a lot of tracks recorded for a second, right? Is this the, this is the first record here, the that's, Guitars Forever yeah. record? Guitars Forever is the first record. And that record. came out like 06, 07 or so. Yeah, and then the saga of the new record began. Yeah, and, like... Uh, yeah, this it's ongoing. It's the softboard jinx, man. Like they say, you know, a band has their entire life to make their first record, and they have two years to make their second. And it's hard, you know. Yeah, it's hard to get and that together. It was like with the first one, I didn't need to worry about people. I was sort of alone in the studio right. doing stuff myself. And then the second one, I'd been playing with some guys, the, the guys in the Parsons, and I really wanted them to be on it. So we started to work, but they were so busy, it just didn't, it didn't get done. Yeah. So uh, just time. But just it's pretty close by. now, though. It's done. It's pretty much done. Yeah, it is. It is done, and we're we're planning a release. We're trying to figure some stuff out. Okay. Um, we're probably gonna do a, a few little releases before the main thing hits. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But I want to give our Legion of fans just a little bit of something to chew on, so they know what uh, what they're dealing with here when they talk about the world record. When listening to the world record, where can people find this this first disc, this Guitars Forever disc? Is this something you guys on like CD Baby or yeah, iTunes? Yeah, it's around. Or? You know, Amazon and. Yeah, all, all the all shows. the usual places. We'll Ami bring them to shows. Amoeba, maybe. There might be one there in the used <laughs> bin. Um, well, there's you know, uh, there's uh, our website as well. That's probably the best place. Which is theworldrecord.net, correct? The cut. Yeah, that's right. Theworldrecord.net. Okay. So this is a track. This is a track called Serious. This is from uh, Guitars Forever, which is their 06, 07 release. So I want to give you guys a little taste of this. When we come back, we will have them play live here in our studio. We will talk about this new record amongst myriad other topics. So this is Serious by The World Record on Independence Day. Tell 
That is the world record from Los Angeles, California, with their track Sirius from the record Guitars Forever, which was their 06 or 07 release, depending on who you talk to. Uh, This is Andy Creighton's band. We've got the entire band here in the studio. We'll be having them play live momentarily, and they sound fantastic. I've been in here while they've been sound checking the last... uh, last hour or so and I'm very much looking forward to hearing what you guys have to what you've got to play for us today um, so we touched upon this I think maybe on the break here but because uh, uh, the drummer Jacob over here you had your computer out you were like tagging stuff on Facebook like what kind of like what kind of web presence do you guys maintain and it, it, and farther than that, who gets the job of maintaining it? You know, because there's so much to do. Every band now, it's like, and anybody can jump in about this, but it's like you can't just like go play shows and sell your CDs and then like hope for radio play and things like that. It's like you have to be very. It seems like you have to be very tied into this, like constantly, tw- you know, tweeting and posting on Facebook and like inviting people and creating events and all these things. How much of a presence do you guys have online? Is the first question. This is Aaron. Um, Andy actually created the entire website for it, and um, it's changed over the years, but I think it looks amazing now. Thank you, Aaron. Yes. I finally got it to look all right. Yeah. But it doesn't work on every computer, I found out. Oh, yeah, that's and I don't know struggle. enough to work with the, the different. Yeah, but, well, we'll get to the videos <laughs> later. You can watch a lot of our live stuff, by the way, on the, on the website. Like live and, videos? And Jacob went, and it didn't work. Who shoots them? Um, this guy Elliot Glass that uh, Jacob 
plays with from time to time. Uh, he shoots some of them. It's called Little Videos, right? Yeah, Little um, Videos. So he, he came and shot four of our four songs from us. Just like live? Porch. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was neat. And then some of them are from live shows. So one of them was groupie.com. <laughs> it's coming around. Yeah. Uh, doing a lot. Do you know them? I don't. That's a great name, though. <clears throat> yeah. They're not too busy these days, I don't think, but for a while they were like every from two weeks they'd have a new band. From coming. Seattle? Yeah, Seattle, and they'd come down and, and have us play in a studio and cool. know, have an interview and all that. So, but yeah, other than that, I mean, is there, there must be a phase of Facebook page. Yeah, there's like, all like all who. Stuff. It feels like a show. I mean, it feels kind of fun. I mean, there has to be someone who really takes it on, though. Is there one of you that like maintains it? Because it, to me, it, I, as much as I enjoy it, it kind of seems like a chore too. It's, it's like another thing I have to keep up with. I mean, it's a chore for if you're not the type of person who likes to do it. I don't like to do it, but yeah. I but I do it. Um, and uh, Jacob is kind of on Facebook a lot and, and is always like pumping the band, which is good. As far as like, yeah, I mean, I do most of it for sure. I send out yeah. emails and like try to make posters and flyers and whatnot. But yeah, um, you know, it's it's kind of in a way a young band because th these two guys, Brian and Jacob, are new this year, and so we're kind of like in a way starting with a blank slate, and everybody's kind of figuring out what what we yeah. do in the band now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think every band has a life cycle. Like if a band, if a band doesn't get like a lot of success, in other words, the money that allows you to sustain things, like a band kind of has like a three-year life cycle, it seems. Like you get a group of guys or girls together, you start rehearsing, you start practicing tunes, you teach them tunes, or you write tunes together, and then you start doing some demos, and you start playing some shows, and people start coming out, and it starts to go really cool. And then, you know, it's also harder when you get older. People get married, people have kids, people get jobs, people get careers, and then there's, there's like, out there there's the carrot on the stick of other bands too. You know, kind of in this town, it's very, uh, it's very incestuous. Everybody plays with everybody, and like whoever kind of, whoever it's kind of like whack-a-mole. Whoever gets success, or like inverted whack-a-mole, like whoever gets success draws everybody into that like black hole of talent. You yeah. know, and you know, it's not even light true. can escape. Yeah. Um, so, so it's something. You, I mean, it sounds like you kind of tag team it. You do some, and Jacob, you do some as well. Yeah, it seems like. I mean, yeah. I'd say that's right. I mean, have you ever got into like, there's all those different sites, like GarageBand or those yeah, sites that promote know, stuff for I you? I used to maintain everything. Whenever I had, we had a show, I would go to like seven different sites and update. I don't do that anymore. It's just a pain. And yeah. basically, Not it's much Facebook. Payout. I mean, it's but, Facebook is what you need to do. And it's cool because people, this is Brian, this is interesting that people seem to spread stuff. If, like my friends, if they, have a, if they know that we have a gig coming up, it's less work for us. Because right. Facebook does spread the word quickly for us. Yeah, if you can get it yeah. resonating in yeah. the bandosphere, yes. you know you're totally set. But you don't it's need like to saturate. it's yeah. like getting it, getting that resonance, that first yeah. ping into the in the bandosphere mm -hmm. that 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 strikes the spark. I mean, that's the trick, I think. You know, because just you like need, you said, you need hot girls in your photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think about this? Is Aaron here about Twitter? Because I don't think we do Twitter, do we? Yeah, or? we Twitter, but it just is a feed from Facebook. Okay. Okay. You know, I use it for this show. We have Twitter followers, uh, you know, at In-Depth Day. That's also that's a good time to talk about our website real quick. It's, it's indepthday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y. So you can follow us on Twitter. You can, you know, like us on Facebook. You can go straight to our website and listen to all the old shows, the shows like we talked about with Ross Flournoy and Brian Whelan and a whole host of other great artists. And, and your guys, the, the music, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the audio from this show will be up in just a couple of days so people can check that out as well. So... Um, I got into Twitter for this program and at first I was very, it seemed kind of dubious. Like, first of all, I'm kind of verbose. I'm not into the whole brevity thing. So keeping things under 
or whatever 128 characters or whatever it is was hard for me because it's like I plus I'm a grammar Nazi so I'm really totally. I'm like into writing in full sentences so like for me the big challenge is like it sounds like totally dorky and I'm, I'm sure I sound like a grandpa to half the kids out there but like lol yeah exactly like you know I you know I understand hashtags and I understand how you know the bitly and how do you shorten links and all that kind of stuff but I want my stuff to sound like the English language um, but I, I actually found you util- at first I, I wasn't sure of it but then I found utility in it because you know I you know I also follow other bands and all the bands that are on my show and I hear about cool stuff that way for me Twitter is like Facebook without all the like the the stupid kitten pictures and the because you know it's like the evolution of social networking first it was MySpace and that was very customizable and people could put stuff that you couldn't even read what was on their page because there was so much stuff in the background and pictures and then Facebook came along and streamlined everything because everything was kind of a white background it was more kind of mature and then I'm not sure that Twitter is an evolution of that but it's definitely if you take out all the other stuff it's just little pertinent information yeah it's the whole point in a way of yeah of Facebook is in Twitter yeah and I I dig it I dig it I I, at first I couldn't figure out what the point was and now you know I'm not a junkie but it's cool you know there's a band I like from another town you know they'll send out a quick tweet oh yeah check our new tour dates and it's kind of like because you're everybody now is so tied to like what's happening right in front of them at that second you know your smartphone like a little blip comes up oh yeah Jason Isbell's coming to town I should go check him out Etc. Anyway, enough about that. So it's, it's it's interesting to have you ask a question of me because I don't get that. We've we've turned it's selfless. It's that little turn, just little turn on a dime. So let's. So we you guys have got amps buzzing here. I would love if you played some material. Tell us. Uh, you uh, make some racket for us and tell me what you're going to play. All right. So this is a little twofer uh, that is intended possibly to open up the record that will appear. At some point. Right, the the untitled second yes. sophomore record from the world record. Um, and it's called One Knee and Freeway Special. Oh 
special I just wanna be in your freeway special Give up the mystery of your freeway special Your freeway special The world record on Independence Day. Gentlemen, that was awesome. Very cool. Very inventive songwriting. That's one of my favorite things is I got to know your music over the last week or so. Um, you know, you guys have got like, you know, I, I kind of came across you thinking you were kind of an indie band, but, you know, maybe you're in indie in the sense that you're independent, but there's a lot of bands like that on this show. But your influences are all over the place, and I mean that as a high, as a high compliment. You know, like what is your, like as the writer of this material... Uh, uh, Andy. Andy, sorry, I was going to call you. I was going to call you Andy, but Andy. then I thought it wasn't going to be Andy. But then it is Andy. Um, what, like, w how do you come by all these different influences? You've got like unison vocals with four people doing them. But, you know, at some point we may hear some acapella vocals. There's horns on the new record. Um, you know, you've got like, you know, Matthew Sweet esque lead vocal, uh, lead guitar on that track. You've got smart songwriting. You've got tempo changes. Like what? What what's the blender like? What goes into the blender? That's your musical inspiration. Uh, yeah, at this point, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, mostly I just, um, I guess I don't know. It's hard to talk about your own stuff and not sound like you think it's awesome. You know what I mean? But toot your anyway, horn, man. That's given, you're on the radio. You've got the that, you've got the mic and the big ear. You got the so, big transmitter. Well, Go for I, it. I was gonna say is be, like being a genius. It's like <laughs> it's no, a um, burden. It's hard, no, I, I don't know. There's. Uh, you know, I got heavily into bands sort of one at a time, and they've all left their little trails. So I'm a huge fan of Genesis, for example, which may contribute to the tempo changes uh -huh. and whatnot, sort of weird, I don't know, musical ideas that are in there. I got crazy about Sloan for a while. A lot of people say we sound yeah. a lot like Sloan. Um, big Star. Yeah, Big Star yeah, is yeah. sort of an obvious you're like you guys are, You're like proggy garage rock. If that yeah, makes any perfect. sense, you know, That's and it's, perfect. but it's, yeah. but it's, uh, you know, I, I, the mixer is, is very pleasing to me. Like the, because, you know, so, so much of indie music that gets branded as indie music, I get bored with, cause it's like a bunch of people with like, it's kind of like an evolution of punk. Not that, I mean, punk is cool for what it is, but like, I want, I want to hear guitars that are at least kind of in tune, you know, and like, that's an ethos for the punk guys. No, you know, and that's cool. That's cool for their thing, but you guys are you guys are kind of taking this indie garagey thing to kind of a, a new level, I think, and it's I think it's great. Thanks. Um, it's well, one of the things about the punk thing that's hard. I I can't sit still, sort of, in, in the songs. You know, I, I have a hard time kind of just letting it be. And I think one of the sort of things that came out of punk is is a sort of minimalism. Yeah. I have a hard time, but I think it's very popular now and and that that's kind of the thing that's happening now is sort of a minimalistic kind of thing musically that is you know yeah um and so i don't know exactly where we fit in but it's hard to sort of change the way you do things no you do you, you do and i i've always felt like the, the the real creative bands or artists do what they do and it's kind of fate as to whether or not the world's going to get it because you know there are so many bands like big star that were so ahead of their time but nobody got it you know, later, it, other people got it. Matthew Sweet and so many other people kind of picked up that mantle and picked up the torch and carried it. Um, but so many bands in their time, <laughs> you know, this, this is, goes back to time immemorial in music. You know, famous classical composers died in rags. People who now, 
you know, when you go to the the big record store or the big record store in the sky, Amazon or whatever, uh, you know, these are names, household names that everybody knows did not do well. You know, there were patrons of the arts that maybe paid for their stuff when they were around. That's what we need He's right now, by the way. Us. He's encouraging us. Appreciate I am that. encouraging you. Well, he's saying we're going to die penniless and insane. I, well, I'm not saying that at all. Every now and again, you know, it, it does happen and it can happen. There are people who do get got in their time, you know, but that, but that's the thing. Like whether I mean, it sucks to say, but whether they do or, you know, whether the audience does or doesn't, you have to be true to your muse and you have to do what you yeah. do because anything else, you're a faker and people can see through that. And then you have no chance, you know, unless you want to be like pop bar and B, whatever that is, and that's manufactured, I doubt those artists will ever be on my show, so it doesn't make any difference. So you, can, you can insult them. I can insult they, them. They won't right. come find you. Um, so, I mean, but that's, that's great. So, you know, listening to this other stuff, you know, like listening to the new records, you know, you've got, you know, some of the things where I was talking about, like the acapella stuff. Do you have a history of arranging these kinds of things? Like you in know, choir? Did you sing in choir in high school or the anything The acapella like that? tune, I should just mention, is uh, one of several songs written by Aaron Ballard. I know I'm sort of okay. touted as the sort of songwriter of the band. That's because I do. He's your Glenn Fry. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. He's the George Harrison of the band is what, what he is. Okay, well, that's, um, a, that's a good distinction. And I am Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> Together. Um, Together. <laughs> <laughs> that um, leaves Ringo for you two to yeah, split, yeah. I guess. I'm, I'm more of Bonham slash, you know, all the other amazing drummers oh, you yeah. can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Sort of a mix of the best. You guys are yeah, a like band that. of all-stars, ultimately, is um, what it is. Exactly. Yeah, no, that song is by, that song is by Aaron. And okay. it, uh, the Parsons sang it a little... Like sort of warmed it up, right? Yeah. We, uh, sorry, you don't know what song we're talking about, people in Radio Land, but it's called "A Little More Time." We're going to be playing it. Uh, I hope if we get to it uh, th in this session. Why don't you play it next? Perhaps we will. Now that we're, we're talking about it, it seems like a, the perfect time to to tie everything in. So there's like a momentum going, is what you're saying. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. We're okay. we're actually building towards that. It would be okay. it would be a ripoff. To like talk about it and then play it later. I We're non sequitur. You got Annie, Annie Hayden to sing on it on the track, That's which right. is sweet. That's right. So, but this song has lineage. Then this is from a diff. This is from one of the prior bands. I just happened to write it while the Parson Redheads were on tour, and um, and it just has. So it, we sang it together during that time, and Andy really liked it. And yeah, so I flipped out over you it. You co-opted it. For yeah, this I band. was just like, well, they, it didn't ever get recorded by the Parsons, right. so I just took the opportunity to do it. We've recorded a couple others of Aaron's as well. Yeah. Um, it's, but, a, uh, it's always been a dream of mine to have another writer in my band. Definitely. Because, you know, it's as much as, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just as narcissistic as any singer-songwriter front guy that's ever been. You know, he's you, you, just you for have you, to be. All you people out there, he's pointing and looking at me as he's saying that. <laughs> well, you're closest to me. Um, and it's... Uh, it, but I, I would love to have, you know, my, you know, my Henley or my Fry or my, even I'd even settle for a Garfunkel, you know, like I want, yeah, yeah. it's nice to have someone else bring something in it's because I, best. you can add stuff, you can kind of work together, but I've never, you know, I've, I've never had that. And I've always, every band I've ever been, I've asked like, Hey, do you guys have anything? Because I would love to include this stuff. And they're like, ah, oh, no, you do it. You yeah. Know? I mean, I, I think that may, we may be able to get evolved to that here because everyone is very creative in this band now. Uh, well, they were in the past too, but they all had other bands to right other outlets. outlets. Yeah, this this now is sort of a good outlet for 
everyone's songs. So I'm hoping that that'll happen. So before you play the tune, so would you call this, you know, some bands are like a benevolent dictatorship or like an autocracy or, or, you know, an oligarchy. What, what is the political entity of your band? You think, you know, have you bringing most of the songs, you bringing some of the songs and, you know, you guys being like open to hearing songs from the other guys. Like, I bring this, this is Aaron. I bring the songs as he dictates. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> when you're allowed like, to bring us. Like, I'm just like, okay, Aaron, we're going to play this and this of yours. And Aaron's like, what about this one? I'm like, well, no, I've actually never that? suggested. He has always been really encouraging and yeah. asking to do the song. So. I have an idea of how I'd like to behave, which is like, hey, everybody, let's all be friends and everything. And then sort of part of me resists that also. I'm like, no, I want it this way. It's yeah. my band. You yeah. Know, so I, I'm, I'm at odds. I'm a, I'm a complicated person. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, it, it seems like most bands come down to like this benevolent dictatorship, you know, where there's like... There's always one guy or girl who's kind of like the figurehead. And that doesn't, doesn't even have to be like the main writer, but there's always, you know, like in, in Zeppelin, it was Paige. He wasn't the singer, but he was the guy pulling strings, writing tunes, arranging stuff, producing stuff. You know, he was really the guy behind everything. So so maybe you're part Jimmy Page, too. Do you like drink the blood of all these deceased in, in live rock stars to like to get their essence? That's all we eat. Yeah. Hey, into the mic, Bruce yeah. Cake. <laughs> Fruit cake. Base licks on the grave. Okay, so how about how oh, about never mind. How about let's let's pull let's let's okay. let's let's pull it in. More material here. Why don't we play this the acapella tune? What is this tune we were talking about that I'm so excited to hear? Well, we've called it a little more time. That seems to be the name that has stuck. Oh yeah, and we have some words on a sheet. All right, this is the world record in Independence Day. Happy to have these guys here. Lay on us, guys. <laughs>
the world record and their musical melting pot. A very pleasing melting pot, I might add. So it's such a great thing. Like, uh, and uh, is it, I'm sorry, is this a new song? This is the song we're playing. Is this going to be on the new yeah, record? It's, yeah, right now, song three, position number three. Position number, very, number three. An important position. An important position. So are you, are you into sequencing of records? Because that's, that's so Big important time. to me. Yeah, that's such nobody a huge thing. Nobody but we do. Yeah. You know, we people do. do. you got to establish, see if Aaron brings a song, got to have him up front so that the band appears to be... Right. More democratic than it really Well, yeah, is. well, it's, this is like the second Eagles reference of the night, but it's not like they, they take Randy Meisner's track and it's the fourth song on the second side of the LP and there's only, right. there's only right. eight songs. Nobody gets <laughs> you know. that far even, probably. Well, yeah. If it's the Eagles, they probably do. But. Exactly. So somebody did. A lot of, I guess a lot of people did if it was the Eagles. Um, but so, you know, it's so interesting to hear such different influences in a band that kind of gets like an indie moniker. You know, we touched on this before, but like what... You know, these we talked a little bit about this. Like, what was the band? You said Genesis was something you listened to a lot growing up. But like, who really set you off on this musical quest? Like, what band did you have a tennis racket playing guitar to when you were five or like ten? It yeah. was like that's why I want to do this. Like, who was that? Or which you know, give me and every. I want everyone to chime in. Like, or it could even be someone in your family. Like for me, I had uncles. Like at the family reunion, who would literally would sit around on like upturned trash cans and pick their guitars. And it, I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And, like, what got what set you guys off on this path? Like, I want to hear from everybody. All right, well, I'll go first because uh, it's a democratic situation. <laughs> this is Andy. Uh, yeah, okay, briefly, well, it's kind of boring. At first, uh, the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel were the two. My parents had a lot of good records, and they would, I was young, and they'd give me records to play in my bedroom. And those bookends and Sgt. Pepper's were the two records. So I flipped out over these records and kind of they exist in my sort of DNA. Yeah, yeah. And then later my cousin Dan, uh, I went with him to buy a guitar. It was a hot guitar. It was like a Les Paul, and he had saved up for it. It was really cool, and I thought he was awesome. And he listened to a lot of prog rock, so that's how I got into He didn't wasn't a huge Genesis fan at the time, but he was a big Rush fan and ELP. So I got into those bands. And then like through my friend John Fritz, uh, I got into Genesis and then I kind of like got into Crowded House and some other more sort of song-oriented stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of it, pretty much. Yeah. This is Brian. I got into the Beatles and definitely the Beach Boys via a cousin of mine named Jay, and he was a couple years older than me, and he had a Mustang, and he was, he was pretty cool. <laughs> so the Beach Boys, you know, at the time I was listening to it, was not, this was during grunge, essentially, during when Nirvana. So then that came along very shortly as well for me. But... I actually have kind of a connection with with Andy and our interests because um, Joe Walsh is definitely the guy that I heard playing on a Budweiser commercial in the late 80s, like, and it just blew my mind. So I knew I had to play electric guitar when I saw that, when I saw that commercial and through his music too. So. Yeah, Joe Walsh brings people together. Man, oh, yeah. That guy rules. Yeah. He does rule. I like Joe Walsh quite a bit. This is Aaron Ballard. Um, my I grew up with a lot of music in my family. My grandmother cut two records with Lorraine and the Jubilee Six, a gospel group, and um, so I had a lot of gospel music growing up. And um, Andre Crouch played; they played with Andre Crouch and stuff like that. And um, and obviously, like Beach Boys and a lot of Southern California music. There's this Southern color California um, punk band called Fluffy that I loved in high school, <laughs> and um, so I was really influenced by that. So my first bands kind of had a mix between James Taylor and, and punk music, <laughs> I guess. So, um, yeah, like a lot of James Taylor and Cat Stevens and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Very cool. How about you, Jacob? Uh, well, 
I I didn't listen to a lot of secular music growing up. Uh, Where did you grow up? Uh, well, in Sacramento, I was born, and then I was raised down south. I lived. My dad worked for NASA, and so we moved around a lot. But I lived in Mississippi and Alabama and Tennessee. Where did you live in Alabama, out of curiosity? Uh, Fort Payne, Alabama. Okay. This is a little city mm-hmm. on the northeast. I mean, it, and it was like a dry county, and like everybody goes to church and stuff. So oh, I, 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 I know all about Alabama. Yeah, yeah. More than I'd care to admit. So, like, I used to listen. I remember going to church, and like, I was in the choir, and um, I, I listened to this acapella group called Glad when I was a kid. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they yeah. sang. What about Take Take Six? Was it? I don't know. I okay. I don't know that group, but it was it was an all acapella group, and they sang all these parts, but all the parts were all harmonies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I used to listen to the whole record and have my own parts that I would sing, so I'd figure out my own harmonies to sing along with all the 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 records and stuff and then i think i i got into this christian rock group called petra oh which my. is Heck just yes. the worst <laughs> but that, that was my introduction to rock and and but greg x volts though i'm just saying beyond early really, petra that was yeah it was cool I, but like it, I, I i used to sneak uh, i had a little uh tape player and my friend taped like metallica and i think i had like nirvana and stuff like that and i used to lie in bed and listen to it in secret sorry parents if you're listening that's what i used to rock out like yeah, other kids are hiding their playboys and yeah you're, you're like yeah hiding metallica under yeah. your mattress yeah yeah mine was led zeppelin and the bc boys that's what i had yeah. two cassette tapes i got I, turned on to oh go ahead Oh no! I, I the Beastie Boys is another one. That's the first swear oh, yeah. word I heard in a song, and it just blew my mind. I was like, "Oh my god! I can't believe they said that." You know, like you know, yeah, you to, can do that. Oh you can god. swear in music, and then it just went, you know, <laughs> downhill from there. Southern Southern California radio is kind of d- near and dear to my heart because I used to sit up and listen to Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Brian, by the way. Yeah, and that when I was growing up in Wisconsin, that that pretty much blew my mind that people had. The kind of stories that they would share on that oh, with yeah. Dr. Drew. You know what, man? I hear oh. that stuff even now, and it's like, yeah. you're 16, and oh, you've yeah. had, like, you're oh, right. on your fourth three-way, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, it's exactly. like, dare to dream, man. Yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway, let's let's bring it back to music, oh, I yeah. think. We'll top off with the, the, the 16-year-old kid with the fourth three-way. <laughs> uh, some more music, perhaps. You got something else lined up for us here? Yeah, well, you asked about the record plans, um, and... We're not sure when it's coming out exactly, but we're, we're, we have some plans to put out some split singles with some okay. friends' bands. And uh, because Brian and Jacob were not on any of the recordings that we had done, we, this was a song that had finished, but not really satisfactorily. So we re-recorded it recently. So we're going to do that one. It's called Come On Summer. Give me one second. To have some sure thing. Liquid. Come On Summer. Let's talk a little bit. Well, let me know when you're ready here. Uh, we've got the world record here. Uh, a couple weeks down the road, we've got Tony Piscotti coming on the show. He's flying in from Chicago specifically to be on the show, so we're looking forward to that quite a bit. Tony's a very inventive guitar player and singer and writer as well. Uh, long history there, playing in a band in Chicago called Northern Magnolia these days. Uh, but for now, we've got the world record, Andy Creighton and company here on the show, and they're about to play another song for us, so lay it on us, man. <laughs> Don't 
And that is the world record. We're very happy to have them here. Gentlemen, again, very, very nice. That's a new song, correct? Indeed. Indeed. So that will be on the new record that is untitled. It's likely going to be on a single. It may not be on the record. Okay. We'll see. We're going to try okay. old, old style 60s, kind of separating the singles from the yeah. full length. These when days you, you can do that. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. yeah, yeah. Are you guys going to do vinyl? We intend to. Certainly the singles will be vinyl. Yeah. Uh, we intend to do What does vinyl. it cost to do a single vinyl? Like, I've got kind of an idea, ballpark, of what it costs to do, like, an LP. But what, like, what does it cost a band to do, hey, like, a about, thousand? About 80 bucks. I don't know. <laughs> not, no, I have no idea. Buck 280. Yeah. I, I think it's a couple of thousand for maybe a 500 it's, or something like that. It's, yeah. It's definitely not worth it unless you're really stoked about doing it. Yeah. And it seems really, this is Jacob, by the way, <laughs> like, the people on our scene that are buying records, I mean, people aren't, 
they're just sending out free MP3s, and so I think the people that are going to vi- buy the vinyls are people that will probably most likely be most interested in yeah, yeah, checking yeah. it out. So it's it's the people that want to hold the MP3, basically. Have, yeah, you know, they can listen to it because it always comes with a free download. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You just well, we've 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 got kind of like we've been it's like half a generation since MP3s took over the world, and I think that there's, I mean, I was kind of hoping this would happen all along, but. It seems that, like, you know, some of the kids, you know, that were buying the music out there, that demographic, uh, are, it's it's almost as if they've instinctively missed having something tangible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they grew up, you know, internet natives, they've grown up with MP3s, they've grown up with iPods, and they've grown up, you know, since they were, you know, because iPads have been around 10 years now, this month. Wow. Wow. And it's the anniversary. And uh, so you've got a whole generation of people who don't remember it any other way. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, like, deep down in their DNA somewhere, they're missing Heck yeah. that process of like mm-hmm. actually holding something. Yeah, you know, reading they, the lyrics. They've been disconnected. Yeah. We're all hoarders at heart. We yeah, like, we like to collect. <laughs> well, we're you know we whether like it or not, we live in a capitalist country. The amassing of stuff. There's not yeah. you know amassing digital it's stuff awesome. doesn't feel like a pile yeah. of stuff. Uh-huh. It's just a list, bunch of ones and yeah. zeros. It's a bunch of it's it's BS, a, man. You know, <laughs> Sorry, I know we're not supposed to curse, but well, I, I don't think that qualifies. I just yeah, I get yeah, emotional. I get yeah. emotional. <laughs> Security. <laughs> so you know we're you know we're getting a little towards the end of the hour. I'd love to hear some more music. I mean, you guys okay. you guys are doing such great stuff for us here, and you've got you know. By the way, before we touch on this next song, I want to at least mention this. You have a matchless amplifier, Indeed. which is my favorite match. My favorite amplifier. Indeedy. I bought one way back when. I, yeah. It's I I'm always pleased to see one and pleased to hear one even more. Is, is there a story behind your matchless? Because things are not cheap. I had a job. In uh, you 19... Had, you just leave it right there. 1995. <laughs> I, yeah, that's basically the story. I had a job. I bought an amp. Yeah. That's it. It was uh, back in like 96 or 97. You get a new? It. Yeah. So those new, this is the Lightning 15, those were like two grand or so? Yeah, I'm trying then? to remember. I think it was 1650 Okay. Which back then, people don't understand. Like back in the day, boutique amplifiers have just exploded, like the, prol- the proliferation of them. Yeah, they're like the MP3 of, you know, amplifiers. They're, well, they're the I more mean, like right, awesome. right. I know. I'm just trying <laughs> exactly. to exactly, you know, trying to tie it all together. Just, you're doing good. <laughs> yeah. You're doing good. Thanks. All right. Uh, but the, they're they're very expensive. Like bef- back then, you know, people played like old Fenders and PVs, and this is like kind of the grunge metal kind Crates. of era. And Mar- Marshalls <laughs> have always been around. Um, so you know, this guy named Mark Sampson invented this. Like he he was kind of like the Hog and Dawes of amps. Nobody paid that much for an amplifier before, and everybody, I remember the first matchless amps that came out, everybody was like, oh, my God, you paid what for that amplifier? Yeah. What does it do? Does it give you oral sex? Does It It gives you oral, give you oral sex. Yeah, does it give you stock tips? What, you know, what's the deal? But then I, I heard one, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's why they pay almost three grand for those amps. Yeah, and it's worth, it's worth every penny to me. So anyway, Indeed. great tone, man, and excellent Thanks, to man. see an, uh, an amp like that here. And also we've got another Vox. And then it, this doesn't, it's probably not your regular, uh, yeah, this, Aaron, that's not your regular bass no, rig, I'm we guessing. We did tour because my bass, the bass amp didn't fit in the car that we toured up for the first part of it. So we'd end up touring with a crate, uh-huh. but a tube amp, which sounded great with a guitar. With a bass, it sounded like a punk band. Yeah, it was but, um, cool. It sounded awesome, it sounded but it was like, fun. it's an aesthetic, man. Yeah, it was yeah. great. And it was, it was like this big buzz. white tube amp, but a crate uh-huh. amp, you know? Yeah. And we toured with that. It was pretty fun. Yeah, well, you're it, gonna—they're gonna, gonna DI the bass anyway, so you could probably get away with it. Easier to jump on top of. I just exactly. didn't want to take the. We have a bigger one, but I'm sure I was feeling lazy, and it's at my house, so I have to. Right, and it. you had to bring everything. I, I'm, I'm with you. For man. those of you out there, I'm—I'm I'm not the—I'm not the bassist. Don't—don't don't talk while I'm talking. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
All right, now go ahead. This is Brian. <laughs> this is Brian interrupting. <laughs> yeah. All right, so more music. More music. More music. Okay, more music. Uh, mas music, uh, por favor. Uh, here's a song that will be on the new record when it appears. It's called Say Sayonara. <clears throat>
record on Independence Day. Also very nice, gentlemen. Good work. Such inventive arranging, man. I love it. That tickles my fancy. You know, it's like I, I come from the same lineage of like songwriters who like really dug in and, you know, didn't just go up and like play their tune. It's like they really, like the Beatles, the fifth member being the studio, you know, they really kind of dug in and pushed, you know, pushed like the arranging of songwriting into new places, you know, and it's good to see that that lineage carries on even today. That's right, baby. Good work, baby. Good work, gentlemen. So let's let's talk about this real fast, and I want to hear another tune before we run out, but I want to touch on this. Like, who in the band, I mean, are any of you guys full-time music uh, in any way, like, in the business full-time? Or, I mean, is is that, do you have a Clark Kent job, I guess, is the other question, other way to ask this. Yeah, sort of. Uh, let's see. There's only one of us is really, strictly speaking, employed. We're all <laughs> self-employed. And or students, and Aaron even, he has a real job, but it's his business, right? Okay. Uh, talk I, about that. Unpack that. I have, I have made money off of music at one time in my life, uh-huh. and that was for about a year. I taught swing dance and had a big dance. Nice. But anyway, um, I have a picture framing shop now in Echo Park. And cool. so I do play music throughout the day, but people don't pay me to do that. Yeah. yeah. Is that where you write all those songs? Yeah. Br- nice. He, he seems to not only frame art in that shop a lot, but write many, many yeah. songs. It's funny well. how that like ties in, because there was a guy in my high school jazz band who was like the best improviser in the band. He's a sax player, and it's always a sax player. you know. And he he worked literally, because he was in high school, but his, his like nighttime job was stocking at a grocery store. And he would literally, because you know, they play music over the yeah. PA in the grocery store. And, you know, I remember the band director asking me once, like, how did you get so good at this? Because the kid's like 17. And he's like, I listen to the music while I'm stocking the shelves. And in my head, I'm improvising. That's because it was all Kenny G. Oh, okay. So This was know. like pre-Kenny G, oh, okay. though, man. This was, 
You know, I mean, and he was he was a good That's player. Awesome. You know, sax players. I mean, they they have a bad reputation because they for overplaying. Uh, but you know. For what it's worth, the kid was great, yeah. and that's how he did it. You know, if you're a facile enough musician, you can you can have your ear and like pluck that out of the ether and do it like that. So who else? I mean, what 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 else do people do here? I think Andy makes a lot of. I mean, he does a lot of music for yeah. I do. Or I don't really have a proper job at the moment. Uh, I tutor math, and uh, and then I I write music for commercials, and uh, or mostly I demo music for commercials. And uh, a doc- oh, Dan- Dr. Danger. Yeah, there's a Daredevil, uh, awesome dude, total like bad mofo. Uh, he blows he, himself up. Yeah, like, he, blo- he crashes his car into other cars and it explodes. Kind of like Super Dave. Kind of, yeah. He's he's like he breaks bones all the time, and he's a wild man. And his name is Dr. Danger, and he's a he's a fan. I think the world record moniker and. The song "We're Number One" both contributed to that, uh, to him gravitating toward the band. But uh, we become friends. That's not really uh, well. We, we've tried to we put together a theme a, cu- a couple times, some theme songs for him. Uh, he's working on a TV show and whatnot, but uh, that hasn't come to fruition. I think everyone yet. in Los Angeles is working on a TV yeah. show. Yeah, maybe the cool even thing those he'll... even those of us who aren't. I mean, it's it's a matter of time. That's yeah, true. in your subconscious, you think you're working on one. Right now, yeah. You're be part of I can tell you're not properly listening to me while I'm talking. Of course I am. <laughs> working on your TV show again. Maybe my TV show's about you. All right. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'd be into that. So who else? We've got uh, Brian. What's, oh, yeah. what's your story? Well, uh, yeah, I'm not really properly employed either, but uh, I do work with um, just uh, do web development, some okay. freelance work. To, that that comes and goes, kind of, but it, it keeps keeps me going somewhat. It keeps you in yeah. whiskey. Uh, yes, precisely. And Jacob, you, sir. I go to school. I used to be in the Marines, and now I get to go to school uh, and have the VA pay for it. It's really nice. Yeah. So I, it's, I go to the Art Institute for the audio production, and it gives me a lot of time to, yeah, yeah. to study. Yeah, the new recording. flow. Th- th- sorry to jump in, but uh, <sighs> Jacob sort of uh, like helped engineer the new. Like he had opinions on the okay. engineering, which uh, is not my forte. Should you which end of the microphone is the the end that you sing Well, yeah, into. because it should be the other way, obviously. If you think about it, you wouldn't sing into this thing that's got, like, it looks like it's going to electrocute you. You go right. to the other side. Right. But Indeed. I, I was wrong. I mean, I didn't realize it. Right. Anyway. And, Jacob, real quick for you, like, the, it seems like an interesting jump to go from the Marines to being in rock bands. Were you playing music while you were in the Marines? Or, you know, how does this, how did you get from, from you know, you can't get, some, for some people, you'd think you'd be in the military. You can't get here from there. But well, what's your story? I was going to school and couldn't figure out what I really wanted to do and, and by school you mean college or you college mean? yeah college and I just started and um I I did this thing called drum and bugle court which nobody knows what it's about it's this really nerdy rudimental drumming thing guys that play really fast and whatever and I was really into that um and they had a drum and bugle corps in DC and I signed an open contract in the Marines because I was just so confident in my abilities and I, sh- I probably should end up as a cook. I didn't realize that you don't just audition. They have to be spots and there are people that are just there for 20 years. <clears throat> that I got a spot and uh, yeah, I, I think I just wanted to rock. <laughs> and I, I didn't like shaving and I don't look good with short hair at all. I, I don't look very good with long hair either, but I really don't look good <laughs> with short hair. But, uh, yeah, 
but you know, and then I moved out to Los Angeles and started playing with some bands, and I sang in my own band for a while, which is, that was kind of fun. There's your shtick, man. You should play in your dress blues. Oh my goodness! You know, it's like Angus has got his I thing. Like every band needs a gimmick. <clears throat> hey, have you ever listened to the Monks? By the way, because that's yeah, the that's monks, some freaking yeah. The Monks yeah. are great. They yeah. they've got us. Oh, what is their song? Cuckoo. Cuckoo, cuckoo, yeah. who's got the cuckoo? <laughs> Ew, this is great. And they shaved their They're tops to the heads, but yeah. they were. The, but I, they I were. Them. I think I don't know what branch of the armed forces they were in, but they were all out in Germany because of the armed forces. I believe they were in the German army or something. I don't think I, they were. From the states, all right. I think they were American you GIs think so? in Germany. Yeah. Oh man, That's I my was way off. But I what, like them. What's the band called? The, the Monks. Yeah. The Monks. Tell you what, you guys play a song, and I'll look it up. They're right. cool though. All right. cool I want to just real quick uh, give a shout out to Songs for Kids Foundation, which I also play for. That's a, a group that plays for ho- at hospitals for kids. Cool. So look them up, Songs for Kids Foundation. All right. Awesome. Um, you want to do? Liar? Yeah. Okay. What? Whatever. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well, you say, I was going with you, but yeah, these guys don't I was going to say one song, but then they wanted to play another song. All right. Well, it looks like we're going to play another new song. This is another two for. We have time for two in a row. Rock it out. All right. Here we go. We'll be wrapping up in a minute So sorry.
record on independence day very very nice gentlemen such inventive songwriting dig it dig it dig it dig it can't thank you enough for like opening your musical universe and letting us all in and i hope uh you know we were talking before about stuff catching on you're either ahead of your time or behind your time or uh, you know it is your time but i certainly hope your time is is coming even bigger because you, the world needs to hear what you guys are doing it's good stuff man Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's, it is absolutely my pleasure. And I do have an answer for us, by the way. Our research assistants, Dale Sweet. and Wayne, looked up the monks while we, you guys were tracking those tunes there, playing those tunes. Uh, if Wikipedia is to be believed, um, the monks are a garage rock band formed by American GIs who were yeah. based in Germany in the mid to late 1960s. Yeah. I didn't know they went back that far. They reunited in 1999. I can't imagine what they were doing for that like 30-year period uh, and continued to play concerts. 
They only play concerts, I guess. No, no studio recordings unless there's something we don't know about. So, so you win the prize. Oh, a man. mellow cream pumpkin. I'll go beat myself out in the back. <laughs> a little cool, flogging. I, th- I think it's They're neat, cool. though, if you watch videos of them playing, they actually look like hipsters now. Yeah. They're, they're like, oh, they're it's all so cyclical, cool. man. Like, the guitar, I mean, I guess... You know that yeah, the sixties are the 60s it's hard to miss. The same, yeah. In the sixties, it's all cyclical though. I live right by uh, high school, and the the kids who are walking by now, you know, are start. I'm starting to see polo shirts with the flipped up collars, you know, the stuff that was in, like in when I was in high school. You know, right. I'm, I'm waiting for parachute pants to come back. Oh, oh yeah, they're I coming. The zippers, the zippers, I'm just like the kind of roll vinyl. my jeans. The French cuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I haven't seen the French cuff yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Oh, it's it's happening because skinny crazy. jeans are happening. So it's a slippery slope. Got to be going. Downside. Yeah. I don't know if the French cuffs will happen. Oh, I'm, I, I guarantee it. <laughs> That's just wishful. It. Dude, I'm gonna, I'll do it. I'm going to do it at the next show. Uh, ten years ago, <laughs> I started bringing back the um, the corduroy OP shorts, you know? Yeah, man. Because I knew that 80s was going to come back, and I thought, let's just keep it early 80s if we can. And the, so. the creamy white boat shoes. That's the other thing. Right, I, I haven't yes. seen that yet. But I'm sure it's coming. David has those. He wears those. It's all coming back. But anyway, so that's just, that's just about all the time we've got. Um, I can't, you know, Jacob, Aaron, Brian, Andy, I can't thank you guys enough for coming out, playing great tunes, um, you know, and sharing your musical experience with us and our listeners. Uh, you know, Let us know when the record comes out. I'd love to have you come back. You know, if you want to do like a CD release show, we can promote the show, promote you. I'm sure you'll do some kind of release party for the vinyl. That would be amazing. I'd love yeah. to have you guys come back. It would be fantastic. Yeah. I'd love to hear the stuff again. Um, so, you know... You can guys you can check you guys out at theworldrecord.net. You guys are also on the Facebook and you guys are on the Twitter and all that kind of stuff. You can find out everything you need to know. We'll be on the Independence Day website as well. We'll build that out, make sure everybody can find out what's going on there. And where are you guys playing next? What's your next gig? Uh well we just got we we may play uh, at the bootleg on the twenty sixth. I just got the email. These guys don't know about it. What? Uh yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh but what is it? Uh, the it's your f- wedding date, isn't it, man? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Now, we're playing at Silver Lake Lounge for the Hi-Ho Silver O residency, and that is a Monday early in November. It's probably like the 4th or 6th or okay. right around there. Monday. You knew about that. I can't I sent it. an email around to you guys. Man, managing band calendars. We don't yeah. have time to go into that, but that's, that's right. always that's a, like, that's a debacle. If, if Brian can't make it, do you think, Joe, you could do it? Because I would love to do it. Okay, great. Oh, nice. Great. Yeah. Okay, so, we're all set, guys. So then we'll have two matchlesses on stage, two match lie. Beautiful. No, I, I, I don't want to hold a candle. He's your guy. He's got a better beard than I do anyway. <laughs> anyway, so again. I, yeah, I didn't mean that. I just, I didn't mean that, Brian. Too. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming out today. It's been delightful. My pleasure. Next, on Independence Day, one of my favorite guitar players and inventive songwriters, Mr. Tony Piscotti, is joining us from the city of Chicago. Thanks again to the World Record, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski, and to Valentino Rivera and engineer Victor Cornejo from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Be good to one another.